Once again, I want to thank you for joining us today on Drawing Near. This podcast is designed to help in drawing near to God through reading God's Word and then applying its truths to our lives. If I can be of assistance to you, feel free to reach out to me through my email address in the description section of this podcast. We have been studying some very challenging passages. It is difficult for me to read and consider all that Jesus suffered leading up to his death and on the cross, partly because I struggle watching this innocent servant of God suffer, and also because I recognize that he is suffering because of sin, my sin. Today on Drawing Near, we will continue to watch as Jesus is moved toward the cross. Let's take our Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 22 and study Jesus is Blasphemed. And as we prepare for today's study, let's go to the Lord together in prayer. And Father, I can't begin to comprehend how you, the Holy One in heaven, came up with this plan, this process of redeeming lost humanity with the sacrifice of your Son. It's hard to imagine Jesus leaving heaven and becoming a man, humbling himself and walking among men, being rejected, despised. Father, we are told that Jesus is a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. He is your son. He is God. And Father, this is challenging for me. And I pray, Lord, that you would give us discernment, that we would understand the depth of his suffering to some degree, so that we can understand the depth of our sin that required such a sacrifice, and that we may know how deep is your love for us, that you would offer such a sacrifice to redeem sinners like ourselves. Continue to open our eyes and give us wisdom and discernment. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. In Luke chapter 22, beginning with verse 63, we read, Now the men who held Jesus mocked him and beat him. And having blindfolded him, they struck him on the face and asked him, saying, Prophesy, who is the one who struck you? And many other things they blasphemously spoke against him. The Father has blessed us with four gospel accounts of these things, and it requires reading the passages in each of the gospel accounts to get an overall picture of all that Jesus had to deal with. In Luke's account in chapter 22, we're told after Peter has denied Christ that Jesus is held by some men, likely soldiers, probably the temple guard, and he's being held by them and Jesus is being mocked and beat. It is hard for me to fathom the Son of God, God incarnate, being manhandled by sinners. Of all the crimes of humanity, this is the greatest, clearly. God had sent servants, and they had been rejected and beaten and killed. And now the Father has sent his Son, who they should have revered and recognized as the Messiah, the Son of God, their Savior, their King, and they're mocking him and beating him. They're manhandling Jesus. The one that they should be falling down on their faces before, they're mistreating. They're treating like a common criminal. In verse 64, it says, And having blindfolded him, they struck him on the face and asked him, saying, Prophesy, who is the one who has struck you? They are entertaining themselves with the mistreatment of a human being. Where's their compassion? Where is their feeling? Are they acting like a mob? What has overcome these individuals? How can human beings mistreat another human being this way? 
they blindfolded him. They methodically blindfolded him. And then they began striking him on the face. They began punching him on the face and saying, prophesy, who is the one who struck you? They're mocking him because they recognize that Jesus was a prophet. And now they're saying, if you're a prophet, tell us who struck you. And they did this over and over again. Jesus has already been up all night long. He's already sweat great drops of blood in the garden. He has turned himself over to his enemies as a result of betrayal by a kiss. And now he's being punched. He's being slapped. He's being beaten and mocked. And in verse 65, we're told, and many other things they blasphemously spoke against him. And the Father sits in heaven, and the Father watches. Why does this take place? Jesus came into this world to give his life as a ransom for many. He came into this world to be the sacrifice for our sins. And the very people Jesus came into this world to save are mocking him and beating him. It requires us to meditate and to think. These events aren't hard to read and comprehend. They're hard to read and meditate on. These types of words, these types of narratives, inflame our imagination. They choke us up. They cause tears to flow from our eyes. Our hearts ache. And if they don't, something's wrong with us. We see pictures on Facebook of children who are sick, of older people who are struggling, of animals who are mistreated. This is Jesus. He has never sinned. He's never done anything wrong. He's never harbored any kind of ill will toward an individual. He is tempted in every way just like us, yet without sin. And now he is being mocked. He is being beaten, blindfolded, struck. What goes through his mind as he listens to these things? How does he feel as he goes forward? He feels the physical pain, certainly. But how great is the emotional pain and the mental anguish? We need to remember in Isaiah 53, we're told, Jesus is a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. He was despised and rejected. By his stripes, we are healed. Now, in response to this, as we're saddened, as we're moved, we need to be thankful. We need to be thankful for the love of God that did what was necessary in order to save us from our sins. But we need to also be aware of how great our sin is. Not just the sin of the world, but our sin. James tells us that when we're guilty of breaking one part of the law, we're guilty as a lawbreaker. We're guilty of the entire law. You see, you can't just be a little sinner or a good sinner. I am completely sinful. I am completely undone. I am fully unworthy of being saved or redeemed. There is no redeemable quality within me. It is only by God's grace and mercy and love that I have an opportunity for salvation. And we need to think about these things. Jesus tells us the one who has been forgiven much loves much. And what he means in that is the one who recognizes how much he has been forgiven is capable of loving much. I want to love more. And in order to love more, I need to recognize how sinful I have been, how sinful I am, and how much God loves me and what he did to cover my sin with the blood of Christ. That's what's going to happen in 
the kingdom of heaven. That's what Revelation tells us. We are going to recognize what the Savior has done and how he has cleansed us, and we are going to worship him and sing praises to him in eternity. We need to start now. Psalm 103 gives us the words that we can sing, the words that we can say. I pray that you will spend some time being grateful, pondering what God has done. And yes, there's some sorrow and there's some sadness and there's some heartache, but these passages should also cause us to have great joy. We are loved this much. Praise the Lord for his sacrifice. Praise the Lord for his love and his humility. And may we be like him. Father in heaven, help us to be like Jesus. The old hymn, to be like Jesus, to be like Jesus, all I ask to be like him. All through life's journey from earth to glory, all I ask to be like him. But Father, to be like Jesus, we need to have faith. We need to trust in him for salvation. Then we need to walk by faith under the leadership of the Holy Spirit in obedience to your command. We're told in Job 28.28 that wisdom is fearing the Lord and understanding is keeping our path straight or living righteously. Help us to be wise and understanding. Help us to know you and to fear you, to walk reverently before you, and to do right under the leadership of the Holy Spirit for your glory. Father, help us to understand these things. And thank you so much for this sacrifice. I'm going to say that a lot in the next coming studies. But thank you so much for this sacrifice, for Jesus' sacrifice, and his willingness not to cling to his throne, but rather to embrace a cross. Thank you for this. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City based on the truth that if we will draw near to God, He will draw near to us.